We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome, 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 welcome. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The goal is to get you to retirement. Every year, there's a new challenge. Every year, there's a new, for lack of a better word, bad guy. It could be high oil, it could be low oil, it could be North Korea, it could be not South Korea, it could be Russia, it could be wars, it could be terrorism, it could be flus. There's always a boogeyman on Wall Street. I've never I've never gone a year where there hasn't been. Where it's just golden all year long, where you don't talk about things like inflation. So if you can't get over that. You shouldn't really invest, in my opinion. First and foremost, you got to know your limits. And if you're one to worry, it's not the easiest thing to get through in real time. This is a goal, a show's goal. This is a show dedicated to a goal of retirement. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I said this was a show dedicated to beating the markets. But my goal now is really who cares if you win any individual races, as long as you retire with a loved one that you can spend the rest of your life with uh, romantically. Um, In love in America, there's a lack of romance until we say I do. And then when we say I do, I think it means I do until you die. And that's romantic. Millions of Americans have signed a petition requesting ongoing coronavirus stimulus checks as the pandemic continues on. It's not a headline we've had in a long, 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 long time. Lawmakers in D.C. appear focused on other priorities right now. Do you notice how we went from kind of like, I don't want to say Supreme Court as a big focus in America to what's the next thing? And the next thing was coronavirus. And then it was, okay, what's the next thing? Now it's Russia. And then it's going to be, what's the next thing? Maybe it'll be inflation. And lawmakers, they, they don't seem to be talking about what they used to uh, talk about three months ago. People continue to struggle in the United States. If you ever turn on the television and watch like the BBC in America, you'll be like, oh, there's a lot of poverty in America. I'm just not looking for it. There is a lot of poverty in America. If you're facing financial hardships, the one thing I don't want you to do, if at all possible, is tap into your retirement savings. In most scenarios, tapping into your retirement savings is a short-term gain, long-term pain. And everything I try to do on the show is revert you to think long-term gain, short-term pain. I'll be honest with you. 
I put more cash in the markets every two weeks. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I have enough. I'm like, shovel more in. Why am I doing this? I, I have enough. I'm going to shovel more in. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, calm down. You're doing this for a reason. And it's, it's inflation. Inflation, I tend to find, tends to be stickier. It tends not to whittle itself down, except for in areas that I love it. Um, televisions. That's great. I feel like I'm getting more television for less money. But how about cars? I feel like I'm getting more car, but for more money. For housing, I feel like I'm getting less house for more money. So when you start thinking like that, and you start thinking about retirement, yeah, I, I probably don't need 3,000 square feet in retirement. I probably don't need 2,500 square feet in retirement. I probably don't need 2,000 square feet in retirement. Probably go with a, uh, a smaller home closer to like maybe some Airbnbs. So when my kids visit, they can get an Airbnb for their family. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. So when should you dip into your retirement funds? That's a question. When should it go from this is from age 60 to 100 to this is going to cover my emergency? And I would say after you've exhausted every other option, including things like using a 0% annual percentage rate credit card that you can pay off before the promotional rate expires. So if you only need like a nine-month or 12-month cash influx for whatever reason, maybe a roof, maybe a uh, surgery, you can do a 0% credit card. I'm fine with that as a last second, but most people don't pay it off. And then it turns into like 25%. You can dip into retirement savings if you refuse or if you can't with your health, take a second job. I look at Amazon drivers and I look at um, Instacart shoppers and I go, I think I could do that to make ends meet if I had to do that to make ends meet. And hopefully I'm doing that on weekends to make ends meet and not on weekdays. I'm too old to be a waiter. Don't want to do that anymore. Too old to wash dishes. Don't want to do that. I, I look at side hustles. And some of them I actually look at with envy. Like it, this seems to sound like the dumbest thing you've heard in a long time. And trust me, the grass is greener. I kind of think being an Amazon driver is kind of cool. Get paid for driving around and, and walking up and down stairs. I'm good with that. I wouldn't want to half that as my only ability to earn money, but in retirement or close to retirement or in a, a situation to pay for kids college or something, I do it. You only dip in retirement savings if the expense is crucially important. I would say like foreclosure. When the evil bank baron is at your door and he's waxing his mustache and he's like, <laughs> finally you get this house. That's when you do it. When the guy who's been trying to get your mom and dad's house because your dad stole your mom away from him 40 years ago in high school, that's when you sell your retirement home. Or I'm sorry, that's when you dip into retirement to stay in your home. Maybe medical care that you can't otherwise afford. And again, I'd be careful on that one. Um, I'm not trying to say don't extend your life, but be careful thinking that crystals or some sort of radical thing that only takes cash 
is going to save your life. But again, now I'm starting to digress into your personal healthcare beliefs. And I don't want to do that. My, my skin curls when I hear people tell you how you should live your physical life. And number three on the list of things to know when you dip into your retirement account as a last second, last idea is you have to be honest with yourself and know that you're going to get punished and penalized. You need to understand that dipping into retirement means that you're not going to be able to resort to it in the future. You need to know that if you're taken out of a tax advantaged account before the age 59 and a half, you're going to get hit with a 10% early withdrawal penalty. It means that any money that you pull out <clears throat> is going to be taxed. Taxed and penalized. You can set up a, a loan from your 401k just in case you're not aware of the consequences, just in case you <clears throat> truly don't need the money but kind of want the money. You can set up some options, like I said, 0% credit cards, and you can set up a loan against your 401k, but I, I really try not to say don't mess with the 401k. Don't mess with your retirement plan. Don't mess with your nest egg. Once you go there, it's a really easy to go there again and again and again. <clears throat> a friend of mine went through a, a marital issue, and he had to stop saving because they were spending so much on counseling and such. He never got to saving again. He just spent it all on counseling and then vacations. He's happy. He's back together, but he has no future. He has no retirement. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So I've done a segment on how oil prices tend to take care of themselves. I've done a segment on why you never, ever want to raid your retirement plan. And the only times I would ever deem it necessary. And also I'd prefer you take a loan out of the bank of Rob Black before you really crack your retirement account. I'd go to family members. I know that sounds very, very odd, but if I was 30 years old and it was only $10,000 and I had an emergency where my car broke down, I'm like, okay, well, I can take $6,500 out of my retirement account, lose $3,500 to taxes and, and, and penalties. I'd, I'd put my tail between my legs and ask my mom and dad. Um, it's a lot tougher in life to get $10,000 saved for retirement than you think. I was talking to the board op during the commercial, and I said, you know, if 2022 ends up having a recession, I'm okay with it. It's not the recession I thought was going to come. Maybe it's inflation-induced. Maybe it's oil price-induced. Maybe it's Putin-induced. <clears throat> Maybe, God forbid, it is a dirty nuke-induced. Maybe it's terrorism. You know, Putin picks on Ukraine. Ukrainian man loses his son in the war and he loses his mind and he goes into Russia and blows up buildings or something. I don't know. There's going to be something that causes a recession. I don't know what's going to cause the next recession. A lot of people think the Federal Reserve is going to cause the next recession by raising interest rates too fast. I've got a friend in the business who, do you have anyone who just irrationally hates people? Whether it be like they irrationally hate Obama or Kamala Harris or they irrationally hate Trump or Marco Rubio or like there's clouds in the sky. It's like, oh, it's Marco Rubio's fault. Um, the irrational hating on issues is very, very problematic um, when it comes to recessions. 
recessions are okay. They're normal. They're fine. They, they curb excesses. And right now I could say last year at this point in time, the excesses in my life were crazy. I sold a stock to buy a house. I sold a house at a crazy gain from 925,000 to 2.6 million in 10 years. <clears throat> we need to stop that. And whatever stops it, I'm okay with. Now, again, not, not for the long term. I don't want real estate hitting record prices every single year. I don't want real estate prices climbing more than wage inflation. I know you're saying you have a lot of lists of wants, Rob, don't you? I know you, don't you? I, I want a gold toilet, but that's not what I mean. I'm going to get one. Just try not to be irrational is my advice. And again, normal and healthy. Target date retirement funds work up until a point that they don't work. What does Rob Black mean when he says that? I think there's a lot of financial products that if I was 20, I'd say I could do a target date retirement plan. I'd be fine with that in a 401k, a 403b in my IRA. Because let's say I was 20, I'd go, okay, in 40 years from now, it's going to be the year 2060. That's my choice. I could pick Fidelity's 2060 fund. And if, if I'm more of a risk taker, I could say, I'm going to pick the Fidelity 2070. I'm less of a risk taker. I'm going to pick the Fidelity 2050. Now, why do I do that? 2060 is all the, the algorithms that Fidelity and Vanguard could put together that says, okay, in 40 years, if you put X amount of dollars and this is the amount of money you're going to have in, in retirement. And as you get older, it, it, it changes the funds to kick out the more riskier ones and include more of the safer ones. But while you're younger, it kicks out the safe ones to put in more of the riskier ones. So it's a target date. And as you get closer to that target, it gets more conservative. So you have less time to recover is the theory. So I'm okay with that. You can be that stupid. If you were to tell me I've got a 20 year old son or daughter, they just finished college a year early and they're thinking about investing. I'd be like, that's fine. And can I give you advice? step number two? Do a target fund and then tell your daughter or son, take a year off. You've just graduated college a year early. You've earned it. Go see part of the world. Well, the pandemic's not allowed them to do that. Okay, then go see parts of the United States. Go see what a coal town looks like. I've done that. Um, and it's crazy. You drive through some towns in West Virginia and the, the kids are out by the store and they cough and like a little black cloud of dust comes out of their lungs. They're like, whoa, that's a coal town. You go see some towns in America. You're like, there's no escape from these towns. So travel, see the world, start a target fund, retirement account. That's fine in your 20s. The toughest thing to do in your 20s is say, I'm going to commit $166 a month to retiring and, and to set it up to get off your, 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 put the Xbox controller down and then to set it up so that you're transferring money from your bank to a brokerage account. That's the toughest thing. After that, I want you to kind of live a little. Go out there and kiss a girl. Go out there and see a coal town. Wrestle an alligator. Because to be honest with you, once you're 22, wrestling alligators makes no sense. But before that, I'm good with it. And for the record, I remember having this conversation sometimes around age 20 
where me and my friends were like, would you wrestle an alligator? I'd be like, I'd wrestle an alligator. This would be my strategy. <laughs> I'd have this whole strategy. It's amazing. I have all my fingers, right? Target date retirement funds work until they don't. Retirement savings option that can be smart in your youth can become kind of need to re-examine down the road. Target funds are a way for you to put your savings on autopilot, which I love. Holdings gradually shift away from riskier assets like stocks towards more conservative investments like bonds and cash. They're designed to be a set it and forget it kind of option. It only makes sense for a while, depending on your situation. When you're nearing retirement, it's probably worth taking it off and landing the plane by yourself. If you're comfortable doing that, and hopefully you are. When you're younger, you know, you're like, I don't know, let's, let's put together 10 mutual funds and call that my, it's too tough to put together mutual funds when you're younger. So they do it for you. When you're older though, you kind of need to do it yourself. In America right now, there's roughly $1.8 trillion invested in target funds. Most 401k plans, 98% of them offer this kind of fund, whether it be Vanguard or Fidelity is two of the most popular. Schwab has versions as well. 80% of 401k participants are invested in these types of funds. When you're about five to 10 years from retirement, I think that's when it starts to make the most sense to hire a financial planner and have them start looking at everything you've accumulated from stocks and bonds and real estate to Pokemon cards. I have this strange feeling that if I started calling Bitcoin digital Pokemon cash, people get mad at me. And on some levels, Bitcoin is kind of a digital Pokemon card. You're counting on someone else taking that value from you. I was speaking with a mother recently and her son's all about collecting football cards. And first thing he does whenever he opens back, he's like, that one's worth $57. And then she gets online and sees that it's actually worth about $4 and 75 cents that yes, one person bought it for 57, but the last transaction went for $4 and 75 cents. I thought that was cute because same theory applies to Bitcoin. There's some big underlying difference. But there's the one theme they both have in common. Someone has to pay you for your Star Wars character that you've saved since childhood. Someone has to pay you for your digital coin that you want to spend for a service. For young investors with little experience, I love target date funds. The not so good thing is that you can put it on autopilot for too long and forget to take it off. And your circumstances when you're younger and you're like, I'm going to need one to $2 million when I retire may be different when you're ready to retire. And you're like, oh, I have a target fund. It'll be good when I, it's going to mature. It's going to magically turn into, you know, a princess. It's going to be 20 years of sitting as a golden egg and then 30 years as a golden egg and then 35 years. And then it's suddenly going to turn into like the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing on the planet. You got to look at it. You got to readjust along the way. You got to say, okay, were there too many negative years? Were there too many positive years? Do I have too much on being too aggressive? Do I have too little on being too conservative? Generally, these funds reach their target year with money still invested in stocks and continue to do so. As you get to that five to 10 years before retirement, you probably want to start thinking of, do you want to have an income portfolio of stocks, an income portfolio of bonds, an income portfolio of annuities? Or maybe a combination of them all, or maybe an info, uh, throw in a, a property where someone's paying you rent. 
it's not going to be the target fund that is going to be set up to be your income fund. So it's good until a point. I recommend 98% of my listening audience to do target funds in their 20s and then come back to me in your 30s when you want to do stocks. One thing I don't want you to do is lose money in stocks. I have a young lady who keeps calling me, not calling me, but emailing me. And she desperately wants to do something like she's desperate to be risky. And like, it's not going to pay off for you. Like just do these target funds. And like, she wants the next COVID cure. She wants the, the stock that's down 95%. He might, I do believe that some stocks can get broken when they're down too much. Like if Amazon were to crack to $10 a share from 3,500, there's a chance it'll never get back because it's cracked. Because people who bought it at 3,500 are going to wait for it to get back, or they're going to try to you know, sell it on, but you need buyers, not sellers, not future sellers, you need buyers. I don't know. Is there a difference between digital Pokemon cards, digital cash, and investing for the long term? You always need someone to sell what you're buying, buy what you're selling. I'm Rob Black. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Let's get to it. Money, 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 money. Never sleeps. Year to date, the NASDAQ's down 14.9%. That's horrific. Anything you put into your 401k this year has slipped. Anything that was left in it last year at the all-time high slipped. But again, NASDAQ was up, what, 18 20% last year? So anything you put in up until the last two months is, is still positive. So go with that if you can. Don't go, oh, it's down 14.5%. But I'm not going to talk you out of it. I know it. You try to talk a 17-year-old boy or girl out of like going and seeing their boyfriend and girlfriend, and they're like, yeah, you're not going to win that one. The crazy head's going to be the crazy head. The SP 500 is down 9% for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 7%. 10 year Treasury sits at 1.73%. A little bit of a reprieve, all things considered. Higher than where we started the year at, but well off its two handle. For some reason, big round numbers are tougher for Wall Street to digest than 1.78 or 1.94. Two is like, no, 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 no. 2.03 seems to be better than two, all right? Round number scares Wall Street. Bitcoin sits at 38,405, down 17% year to date. Oil sits up 69% for the year at $127 a barrel. That is a problem. That is our problem of 2022 because it's a year where we're trying to fight inflation through monetary policy. Now we're getting hit with real world cost of oil, which translates into gasoline prices, which translates into airline prices. And oh boy, the airlines really want this pandemic to be over only to be met with high oil prices where they can't really pass the cost of the ticket on to you because they're trying to compete with other airlines for you. Oil prices spiked their highest level since 2008. Last time we were here, it took five months for oil to go from $125 a barrel down to $30 a barrel. So in five months from now, if we're down at $30 a barrel, which could technically happen because it did technically happen before. These are going to be the headwinds are going to turn into tailwinds. But eh, not a good time when the world is struggling to open from government stimulus to go out there and do it on your own big boy pants economies. JP Morgan is saying that sanctions on Russia's economy could put the auto and semiconductor supply chain at risk. Okay. 
So we need platinum, we need palladium, we need neon. We get a lot of that from that Eastern Europe part of the world. Not being able to produce it, not being able to distribute it could hurt semiconductor prices or semiconductors as well as autos. So the airlines are getting hit by higher jet fuel costs at the tune of up 32% last week, highest level in more than 13 years. That's going to rain on their profit. We don't need any of this. Putin was very strategic in his timing. Um, I am of the notion of, no, you don't want to be an isolationist because it's going to do more economic damage to the world. You kind of want to hope that NATO was the right idea, but I don't know. NATO is an easy organization to criticize. American bars are doing the right things. They've stopped selling Moscow mules and they've started selling Kiev mules. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Thank you, America. You've delivered again. Over the weekend, national gasoline prices have topped $4 a gallon. It's really funny. I've got an electric vehicle that I'm now plotting out just because I like saving money. When do I charge it to get the lowest cost of energy for my solar? And how do I avoid getting gasoline for the next six months? (laughs) Those are my two strategies. And it's ridiculous what my brain is going through. And I know you're saying, Rob, you've said that you have enough money to last. I do. This is not hurting me. And Uh, The guy who played Sulu tweeting out like, hey, America, pay more for gas. This is your way of supporting Ukraine. And everyone's like counter tweeting him, yelling at him like, shut up. You don't know anything because you're rich. I'm like, I'm never going to tweet anything ever. You know know who um, did really, really well as far as tweeting goes? Let's give Microsoft a quick round of applause for buying up LinkedIn. In large part, LinkedIn's the only website out there that identifies you and says, okay, let's get a picture of you and let's make sure this is you and you or you. And even like Bumble has figured out like, if you're going to be on our dating site, you have to be you and we have to know that it's you. Twitter, not so much. Guess where the, the horrible human beings live? They live in Twitter. They don't live in Bumble, a dating app. And LinkedIn, a jobs app. Can you imagine getting on? But they have said that the incidences on LinkedIn are starting to get testier. That even with your identity being your identity, it's tied to your work and your career. People are starting to get kind of testy with it. So George Takei, by the way, is the guy who tweeted out that we should all pay more for gas as a way of you know, suppressing Russia and supporting Ukraine. And I'm like, whoa. And then you get into like, was he saying that? Because he was on Star Trek, which is kind of like a... United Nations of Starfleet, like, whoa. Okay, let's move forward. I've done the report card. We're having a rough year or nothing's working. Now, here's the beauty. Everything that I've put in the market in 2021 and before is higher as far as indexes go. Everything I put in in 2022 is lower. And this is actually a more enjoyable year for me than last year because things are cheaper. The big story on Wall Street right now is still Russia, and now it's about the Battle of the Skies. Following Russian missile strikes on the city of Vintisya, Ukrainian President Vladimir uh, Vladimir Zelensky repeated his call for NATO to establish no-fly zone. Russia said, you do a no-fly zone, that's act of war. I think we should do a no-fly zone, but that's just me. 
Um, I think it's unfair for a country to have air superiority over another and to go into their borders. It would never fly in any other country. Airplanes have been restricted from the skies above Disney World in Florida and Disneyland in Anaheim since 2003. It's worthy of note. So no-fly zones are nothing new for America. It's an area where certain aircraft are not allowed to fly, popularized during Persian Gulf War. Um, but it's used in a lot, a lot of variety of contexts now. Like Even the Olympics have set up no-fly zones. Big 29 versus an F-22. F-22 is going to win that one. Um, what's the timeline for it? Can we stop the bombing of civilians? What's the timeline to stop that? Uh, I don't know. Politically speaking, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of widespread criticism on the road to resolving this. There's going to be a lot of operations get shut down. And you're like, I didn't know that. Coca-Cola and Pepsi are being asked to remove their product. And yet we're seeing things where we remove the product. We're like, hey, I don't know. How, how effective is that going to be? McDonald's is still slinging burgers in Russia. Um, you can no longer get a Hermes bag, but you can buy a Big Mac. Western multinationals are pausing their operations in Russia following the invasion of Ukraine. Most fast food chains and food companies are keeping their Russian businesses open. That includes McDonald's, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Papa John's, Starbucks, and Mondelez. Russia needs their Oreos. It's fascinating seeing the list of like McDonald's, 90% of their business is Russia. I don't have an answer here. I'm just talking and I hopefully it's inspired you to figure out your ideas and your, your directions. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, Rob at Rob Black Show. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I didn't sleep like a baby last night, but I slept well. Some of my favorite stocks are now down 30% from their all-time highs. Some of them are down 20. Some of them are down 15. I'm okay with that. Um, if... The reasons I bought still hold. Now, again, you don't want to go down with a ship. So if it becomes too painful, you start pulling a little bit off here and there. Um, valuations were high in 2021. Then inflation came and said, interest rates are going to move higher. Therefore, we're going to lower valuations. But on top of that, oil spiked, sitting at $119 a barrel today, as high as $125 over the weekend. Again, depend on where you get it. If you get it from Saudi Arabia or Norway or Russia or the United States, Texas Basin. Oil has a good $10 variant in there, depending on the quality of oil you're buying. Um, a bad day today. In large part, I would say some of the key words that came out over the weekend of Russia is telling their people we're in Ukraine because the Ukrainians are going to make a dirty bomb and kill us. And Russia's in control of a nuclear power plant of Ukraine's. And that in your head should go back to every horrible video game scenario that you've ever seen or episodes of 24 where there's an ex-military who believes in Mother Russia and he's going to trigger a nuclear bomb even though the president doesn't want it to be triggered. It brings up fear. 
we don't want nuclear weapons to go off in the world. Um, it would not be the worst thing, but it would be way up there. China is trying to say, hey, we're independent with Russia and we're going to keep some independence. China's kind of a wild card here. If they wanted this to end, they would be the last resort, uh, the last port, so to speak, to turn their lights off on Russia. I don't think that'll be forgotten in foreign policy in the future. But again, like oil two years ago was at zero and we didn't bail out Saudi Arabia. We said, hey, we need cheap oil. So we're going to, we're not going to bail you out on this. Sorry. We need this to help our economies because there's a pandemic going. Sorry. Now that oil is sitting at $125 a barrel, Saudi Arabia is like, we're not going to produce more. Sorry. We're not going to make up for Russia's shortages. Interesting times. Intel's mobile eye confidentially has filed to go public. Eh, that's okay. I get it. Um, mobile eye, obviously. Tied towards your vehicle. My family was somehow acquired a Tesla, and it's embarrassing to think about because it's an embarrassing car. But I was uh, did a road trip this weekend to Sacramento to take my kids to see Nate Bergetti. Um, a lot of funny stories there, but I won't get into them other than to say my kids were a little bit too young for a show that started at 10. That was supposed to start at 9.30. Oh, but we all make mistakes as dads. Um, but the Tesla, the self-driving feature I turned on and um, it was pretty good. It's way better than it was a year ago. It's way smoother. And when you do a, a road bend with a 18 wheeler, you don't feel like you might possibly die anymore. It's getting better. That's my update for you. It's still not there. You know, the thing that scares me the most about automated driving, self-driving is when you come up to an exit or an entrance, okay, here's what I call an entrance on the highway. So someone's in, let's see, let's just uh, call an exit, the Medford exit. And he's using the Medford entrance to get onto Highway 101. And I'm messing up cities and roads. But that entrance, Tesla suddenly sees like two lanes are merging to one. It sees it as two, it sees it as one lane and it starts centering you. It's like, no, 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 you're supposed to be, no, 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 no. So there's still some like weird moments that you don't much care for. Bed Bath & Beyond stock has doubled. Doubled after an investor named Ryan Cohen, he's the GameStop chairman, took a big stake in the home goods retailer and urged it to explore strategic alternatives. Cohen is the guy who started pet product company Chewy. Now, Chewy is tied towards pets.com and pets.com tends to be in the same malls as Bed Bath & Beyond, which tends to be in the same malls as GameStop. I find that interesting. But Bed Bath & Beyond in the 1980s and 90s was a winner winner chicken dinner. I didn't really like Bed Bath & Beyond until the 1990s because that's when I was starting to get an apartment and a condo and my first home. And every time I got an apartment and a condo and a first home, I was like, I need pillows. Women like pillows and I want to find a wife and she's going to come into my home and she's going to say pillows. Notice I didn't say silk sheets. No, no, no. Women are concerned by silk sheets, but pillows says stability. Pillow says, I want to marry that. Can you imagine how crazy, how locked out by, out of my set reality I was? 
But Bed Bath and Beyond um, in the '90s, they reported. I remember at one point in time, twenty-seven straight quarters of upside, and that was like, okay, that's seven years, seven plus years of beating our expectations because America was building condos, America was building townhouses, America was economically expanding out of the '80s. A lot of people are talking about stagflation. You should go read about it. Apple's next big event arrives this week with the stock market in a very fragile place. I don't think they're going to introduce their augmented reality. A little bit too early. They tend to do that at their developers conference during the summer. And the Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC. They tend to release the software that goes with the new devices. So if they introduce a watch, they go, look at this. It's a watch. And for anyone that wants to make an app for it, we're going to give you the software later today for a new headgear apparatus tied towards virtual reality or augmented reality. We're going to need to know the specs. We're going to need to know how to build apps for it. I think it's probably going to come this summer unless economic conditions say there's no way they can make X units. They're going to have to do X minus 20% because of supply chain issues. They may say, let's just hold it off a year. Interesting. One of the things I like about Barron's ticker symbol, not ticker symbol, but spell it out B A R R O N S. If you have a kid who's interested in finance, it's a great gift for the holidays. It's expensive, it's a magazine that's worth it. If they're interested, if not, it could be a very expensive subscription they never use. Women barely appeared in the pages of Barron's in the 1920s when the magazine was founded. That's because they rarely appeared in the world of business and finance. Now Barron's does a piece every year about women in finance, and it's fantastic because they point out like, hey, look at this, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She's trying to sustain an economic recovery. They go to Jane Frazier, Chief Executive Officer at Citigroup, undertaking a dramatic overhaul of one of the world's biggest banks. Alan Lee of Cowboy Ventures is identifying promising early stage companies and leading a movement to draw more founding and funding to women investors um, and trying to get you know the male-dominated venture capital world brushed aside. One of my best friends from high school and college, her sister, is a big investment banker in the Bay Area. Um, I don't want to mention a name because she's actually really identifiable. Um, but it's good to see. It's really, really great to see that Barron still is publishing uh, 100 Most Influential Women in Finance. Now, here's what the sad part about it is. It's only the third year that we've done this in a row. Um, I don't know if you're with me or against me on this one. I like diversification a lot. I've said that what I tried to do on this show is bring you a generation X sensibility to investing and retirement issues. And it's diversified from the baby boomers of you only thought people with gray hair did this. Now I have gray hair. I've grown into that. But I don't want to be the white male spokesman person. I want people who have different chromosomes than me and different skin colors than me. And I will gladly mentor and I will gladly pass the baton. I think it's important to break barriers. Very important. And I broke barriers. When I started this 25 years ago, um, I, a lot of uh, people doubt me because I was young. I think I've done a nice job, but I'm digressing.
<laughs> this is interesting. Just I'm trying to find some light stuff for you to mix with the heavy stuff. Tesla CEO Elon Musk said that the company should make a device that uses artificial intelligence to cut waiting times of traffic lights. And what was interesting about this is this is all started with a tweet where someone tweeted, traffic lights need to be controlled by AI. The amount of time we waste a red light with no vehicle or human crossing is mind boggling. Elon Musk said 100%. An AI vision device that can make traffic lights smarter by simply monitoring the traffic. A vision device that would plug into legacy traffic lights. It could look just look at the traffic and automatically maximize throughput. It would save gasoline. It would save oil. It would save pollution on the planet. It's a wild idea. Is it possible? Oh, yeah, the technology's there. But will it happen? Something tells me too many fingers in the pie from local governments to state governments to federal. It's one of the problems of being in the United States versus a country of one. We're a country of 50 states. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com.